I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to a special edition of What a Load of Cobblers, Cobblers Catch Up. I'm Tom Reed, and joining me to review the Northampton Town transfer window are Wallach regulars Martin Maloney, Brendan Walsh, plus special guest, BBC Northampton's Jake Sharp. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, good here, good here. Well, we say that, you know, you've sat through Northampton and Barrett, so we'll get on to the counselling session in a minute, which is, which is what this is basically going to be. Now, in a classic cobbler's fashion, we'd arranged to talk about what seemed like a positive transfer window, and then Northampton going and putting an abject showing in defeat to Barrow. So we'll have to address it. And I, I don't want to go over the top on it. It's just one, just one defeat, but it just took the wind out of the sails a little bit. Brendan? Yeah, I think so. It was one of those... It, I... You can always feel them coming, I think. Um, and, and the way Barrow came in, like I think they were third bottom, weren't they? And we'd signed all these attackers. But I, I've just read Brady's thing in the afternoon where he was saying, you know, we've, we looked around midfield, we let Flores go, and we just felt we had enough. We even looked at a couple of creative midfielders. And I was like, we've signed three strikers, I think two wingers, you could call them. Um, you know, and nothing really to bolster the midfield. And, and that was really what was missing last night for me. And, yeah, there was a lot of passes around the back, a lot of huff and puff up the top, but nothing really in the middle. And um, yeah, it was it was a proper proper boring watch. The crowd was completely dead. The 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 team was dead. It's, it was just one of those completely took the wind out the sails from anything from uh, the transfer window. I think. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because I really enjoyed the game against Salford. I thought we played really well. So it's just one of those games of contrast. So I don't think we should. Uh, the baby out of the bathwater too much but of course when you're looking for those promotion places every game counts and it's yeah it's just quite de- deflating I guess. Martin do you reckon it was important the way that Barrow set out to frustrate Northampton? I think Bar- Barrow uh, lined up really well. They uh, um, got men behind the ball but weren't, af- weren't afraid to break um, on, a, on a number of occasions and I think they were physically they were just up for it. It was um I think someone around me mentioned like an Atkins side and, you know, we've had direct sides in the past, but I thought it was a, um, a fair masterclass in, in you know, as, as a very average side in terms of ability, winning a game away from home against a side, you know, who huffed and puffed, but never really looked like, looked like unlocking them. So um, hats off to them and, you know, hopefully an aberration, but I do recall saying that after, um, after Crawley and a couple of other times this season. So let's hope it's not becoming a habit. Yes, that's a, that's a fair summary. Um, Jake, how was uh, John Brady? Obviously, he's going to be 
deflated by it. Was he looking for the positives or was he just like, this is not us and this is not how we play? Yeah, I think it was it was a similar reaction to the um, to the reaction he gave against that game against Sutton, which might arguably be just a little bit worse. Although, I mean, you couldn't pay me enough money to watch those games back. They were both terrible. But he, I think it was just a kind of surprise at how flat it was, considering they'd had a, a good performance on, on Saturday against Salford. They did everything the Cobblers side has done well this season on Saturday, didn't they? Clean sheet, scored from a set piece, managed the game well. Um, the intensity was there and all that was missing and I don't think he could quite put his put his finger on it I, I found it interesting because maybe looking into a bit too deeply but the recent recent weeks the teams the, the Cobblers have faced there's obviously been a bit of fear factor there and they've actually set up in really specific ways for each team haven't they against Forest Green we saw them push really high that front four to stop Forest Green playing out from the back and it had success against Sutton they had the really narrow pitch. They played a diamond in midfield to really congest that area. Against Salford, they knew that they were dangerous direct, so they kept the ball. And it was almost as if Brady gave the players a bit more freedom on Tuesday to go and go and play how they want to play. And it didn't really work, did it? Because you saw after about 10 minutes, once Barrow Bar- had figured them out, they, they looked a bit lost. So that was a bit concerning from, from that perspective. I sort of said before we started recording that maybe... Sometimes when you have some new additions and your team is quite a tight unit, probably um, working beyond its its limits to an extent in terms of its strength, and then new faces come in. Sometimes maybe some you know combinations between players they they suffer a bit or you know play becomes a little bit more um, yeah a bit more bitty I guess. Um, Brendan, would you say that maybe some of the new faces struggle to gel? Uh, if I'm being honest, and I, I, I regularly get touted as like the, the positive one whenever we get on this podcast, but I, I, I can't even put it down to that. And what, what worried me about it, I think I tweeted on like 60th minute or something when you brought Pinnacoff and not Paul Lewis. And I, I said, right then, that's the game. Like, we won't win this game. That's it. Done. Um, yep. Not that Pinnock was having a strong game at all. I think he took Epier off for Rose, which is a like for like sub, but. Epi had not done anything wrong up top and he looked most likely to get a goal in the first half. That was the one of the first games, I can only remember one of her, where I think Brady's inexperience as a manager in this league showed, or maybe, I don't know whose advice he was taking or what, but I just thought the the substitutions when they happened and what we made were not, I don't think a single fan in the stadium would have made those. I don't think a single fan would have kept Lewis on the pitch and taken Pinnacoff, the best set piece taker in the league statistically. You know, he's got seven, eight assists and free kicks and, and corners. And if that looks like it's your only way of getting a goal, it mystifies me when you take him off. Um, yeah. uh, I, then when we went to a diamond, it didn't really work against Sutton, but they were a better team at home. You know, we were at home in this game. Paul Lewis on the left of a diamond just looked like, I don't want to see that again for the rest of the season. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was just one of those, it, like, I, I can take it when we go, uh, you know, Crawley at the end of the game there, we were pressuring and you, you came away and you're kind of like, OK, it was one of those games, 1-0, but we should have scored. Last night, I, I saw someone else tweet it as well. We could have played for another two games and we, there's no way we would have scored. But what uh, I took from it was the, the first 20 minutes, neither team really landed a punch. Cobbers started to grow into it. Um, I think Hoskins had a good chance that was saved. Pinnock had one straight at the keeper. Epia blocked one that, that he, you know, in another day, bounces in and you kind of said you know right then we were maybe turning the wheel a little bit it looked a bit leggy but there were some chances 
And then we came out second half. They got lucky on their, you know, we didn't reset from a corner and they, um, the, the kind of second phase from that, um, Roberts makes like a very rare mistake. And then once the goal went in and they had something to defend, it was like our players just, again, I, I always try and be positive, but it did look like they were like, oh, well, that's that. Because I feel like in their mind, they're kind of like, we're not going to score loads. We're only going to score one and, and two nil maybe games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as soon as, and it gave Barrow a footing and some confidence in what they were doing. I think if it was nil nil and we were turning the screw more and more, we might have been able to create more pressure. But it, yeah. was, it was really easy then. For, and you could see it physically buoyed them and their fans were cheering every tackle and they could sit a bit deeper because they had something to defend. They didn't have to come out their half. And Cobblers don't have any players, even out of all the ones we signed, they don't have any players really to go in that can uh, unlock a um, a low block like that. The best chance you'd have would be Pinnock on a set piece who we took off, or maybe Labalu who came on um, off the bench and looked bright, if a little bit selfish and maybe short of match fitness. So I wouldn't, mm. sadly, I can't point towards new signings not gelling. Some of them actually played all right last night and looked our best chance of a goal. I just maybe Brady doesn't know what he's got yet or he hasn't figured it out or he's trying things out with a couple of players. But yep. it, for me, for me, I, I chalked that one down to Brady last night and I love him and I want him to stay for a while. But every 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 manager from League Two to Premier League and beyond has games like that and I hope he learns from it. Mm. I guess uh, as a counterpoint, you could say he's brought in some pretty decent players and um, I think Jake made the point that some of them have turned down high league football. You know, he he prepped the, the team pretty well, and he might have expected a better performance out of players. Um, Jake, do you reckon the players have to take some responsibility as well? Um, we're talking about kind of the way they set up, and when they've been really good in in their performances this year, it's because they've been first to every second ball, they've been competitive, they've been in the in everyone's face, they've made it really difficult for the opposition. They didn't do that at all on on Tuesday. You could see in the first five or ten minutes, obviously. It was a strange plan anyway, because the cobblers were going long to Epier, who is quick and he works hard, but he's not a physical presence. He's, he's never going to win the headers. He's never going to hold up the ball against those Barrow centre-halves. So everything was dropping back and coming back, but there was yeah. no one landing on the second balls. So, and that that's just that's just intensity, isn't it? That's just desire. So that was really strange. That was really strange from the cobblers. And, and once you start that way, and the crowd recognise you start that way. It's really difficult to then inject some in- intensity into the game, and they struggle with that for the for the whole match. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for Brady to an extent because the signing of Apare, and I'm not sure that's how you pronounce his name. I keep thinking he's called Apparel Spritz, the uh, famous Italian. <laughs> um, yeah, he looks to be that type that maybe would have made mm. the ball stick a bit more, and maybe would have made it a bit more cohesive. Um, Martin. Let's talk a little bit about the centre of midfield, which Brendan's alluded to. Brendan sort of said that the quality of, on the ball is maybe not there and maybe a, a, a player or two needs to come in in, in centre of midfield. Would, would you say that's a, the, the right summary or do you, do you still think that people like, you know, um, Williams and Sowerby should be um, capable? Um, I think I think the guys that are playing there at the minute have earned their spots. Um, but I think I've been saying for a few weeks now, there's no real pressure on them. It's, you know, we've brought a few forwards in now. So, you know, as he shuffles the pack, if you're not playing well up front, if you're not playing well on the wing, there'll be someone to take your place. Um, I think Malwa looks a really good addition at the back. 
um, you know, probably put more pressure on um, on the two incumbents than, you know, a youngster like Daesh will. But I look at the midfield three, and I think we've all said, you know, Lewis has blown very hot and cold. But mm. it's broadly worked. Who's your next option? You know, Pollock hasn't, you know, has injury problems and everything. But he's probably your, own, your only option. If there's an injury now in midfield, yeah. the way I look at it, you know, let alone just having someone on the bench pushing you to play better. The way I look at it is you've probably got Pollock to come in um, and then well, Sam Hoskins in the middle, Malwar yeah. maybe at the base of a diamond and, and rejig the others. Yeah, It starts to get a bit sketchy and I think it's difficult. You know, it's easy for us to say we, we should have brought someone in because if you want someone who's good to come in, and say to them, tell you what, you sit on the bench in case someone plays badly or gets injured. They're probably thinking, oh, I've got a better option where I am. Yeah. And then, you, then you're taking in youngsters, and I think we're at our limit of loans. Yeah. But I do feel that's the that's the position that most of all, especially playing three in there, we're um we're a little short now. And I think Lewis Brody is on a bit of a downward spiral at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what with Lewis? Salby was poor last Sorry, night what were you going to say Martin? yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's 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 the time when you think well okay someone needs a rest on saturday i'm not sure who we're resting them for yeah i think we need someone like paul trollope if you remember back to <laughs> paul trollope he was a steady Eddie, a good distributor someone like him that would be fine but um brendan let's have or, or actually in the youth team there's a guy called abin bowler who's very promising mm. obviously he's going to be very green at this stage um brendan let's have your say on this because you know it's something that you you've mentioned yeah, so I mean, the way I've read it, most games is it, it there's three in the midfield, but it's a four-two-three-one, and it and it's Lewis ahead of the of Sowerby and McWilliams, and we we you know we let Flores go, who's more of like a Sowerby than a McWilliams. You've got if you want to put it in layman's terms of midfielders, you've got a destroyer and a creator. But McWilliams is a bit more than that. He kind of mops up a lot, and Sowerby drops deep and tries to play the ball. Right? We don't have the backup for. Sowerby was Flores and maybe Lewis, but he's been playing at Cam. You know, we we sat there saying that last night was awful and there was no way we were going to score. But if God forbid something did happen to McWilliams, which he's had his injury problems in the past and he we, he's due another suspension soon, but there there isn't another like for like replacement for McWilliams. And exactly to your point, Tom, you can't sign someone and say, you know, we've got a quality player ahead of you. You know, you're going to sit in case anything happens to him. But I just yeah, I think now we've got the depth we probably would have wanted in the front line um, and any of those front three at the beginning of the season when we maybe didn't. But, you know, Flores, he might have been happy to sit on the bench for the last six months of the season. I don't know what was being said, but it just felt a bit strange. And then last night when it wasn't working, the shift to go to a diamond, you need more options in the middle than we had. And it felt so clear to everybody to take Lewis off, as it has done the last couple of games. And he he didn't. Um, I think any of the lads that come in uh, in the last week or so, like Kanu, uh, Labala, they can all play in behind the striker. Hoskins can play there. Like I don't particularly like him there, but we've got options. And I just I want to like Lewis. He's had his moments. Um, I, I joke with my mates. His hat trick was a proper scrappy, you know, poacher's hat trick. It wasn't anything to write home about. But he's he's had his moments. But he needs a rest out the, the side to keep the fans on side with him as much as anything else, because I don't want to get into a situation like we've had with players in the past where they, like Martin said, they don't have any competition. The fans start to resent them and don't want to see their name down. Um, 
and then it, you you end up with a situation like last night. It was horrible, and I, I don't imagine Brady enjoyed it because he's went and you know we've had all these signings. The boards finally put their their hand in their pocket, and the crowd was dead. I've not heard Sixfields that silent for a long time. But none of the new lads were playing, or, or the exciting ones were really playing, and like players like Lewis and stuff like that that have frankly been a passenger since we come back from the COVID break. You know, I just don't think it excites people. And I don't, it, again, like Martin said, what's he done to earn his place recently? Ever since we come back from COVID, and from the Swindon game to now, Lewis has put in a consistent four or five out of ten every week. Absolute passenger. Um, doesn't even do the basics right. Doesn't even run around right. He's constantly on the wrong side of his man. Can't catch a ball. You know, and it's not working for him. So give him a break out the side. Give someone else a run. Let him earn that that shirt. And to take off Pinnock instead of him last night, that was when I was like, um, you know, if I didn't already have a train book later I'll, to come back home, I would have left. I was just like, <laughs> I know, I knew where the game was going to go then. And like, you know, I'm a 29 year old idiot. What what do I know about football? I'm looking there at Brady and Calderwood with all their experience. Like, how does that make any sense? You know, and I I, I wanted them to 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 show me I was a fool, but, it, it, you know, I don't know. That's what was just so, so frustrating about it. We've got, gone and signed all this attacking talent and then yeah. we're putting in players out of form who are clearly leggy and need a break yeah. into, into you know, square pegs and round holes on the pitch. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of my main takeaway from it. It was just a, a really bemusing managerial performance and <laughs> I hope you learned some of it. But, listen, Brendan, Lewis speaks very highly of you. In fairness to Brady, um, there, there have been some new additions. I think maybe he might admit it that Burrow's tactics caught him on the hop a little bit. Maybe he would have made some changes earlier. They were packing the, you know, the midfield out and stuff like that. Um, Drake, there must have been some positives out of, the, out of that game, or you know, one or two. And, and what would you like to see on Saturday against Warsaw as a reaction? Yeah, there were there were there were two positives for me. One was Sean McWilliams again, who I think his game is just evolving every week. He, he, I've said this a few times, kind of on Twitter and on, on the radio post match about how you know what you're going to get from Sean McWilliams in terms of his uh, ball retention, in terms of turning the ball over, winning the ball back, doing the dirty side of the game. But but even him more than Salby in the last couple of games, he's been the one that's got on the ball, that's that's driven mm. the cobblers forward. He was a one man, he was a one man midfield, he was a one man team at points last night. Um, his decision making's improved, his passing abilities improved. Uh, he really impressed. He stood out. He didn't deserve to be on the losing team last night. I thought he was really good. And the other positive for me from last night was actually Labala, because I thought he came on. And instantly, bearing in mind this this guy hasn't played football in a long time, he yeah. looks sharp, yeah. he takes responsibility, he he doesn't shy away. If someone shows him a channel as a one-on-one, he doesn't turn around and play back to the centre-backs. He takes responsibility and he's someone who will get the crowd on his feet. Sometimes I can see strikers at the back post as he turns for the fourth time saying, can you please cross the ball? But he's exciting uh, and he's unpredictable and you need those kind of players to to just put doubts in defenders' minds. So I thought mm-hmm. he was he was really good as well. Yeah, if, for instance, he starts on Saturday, and I'm not sure he's fit enough, if he did, and then you've got the the new guy, Aperi, as well. I'm not sure he'll start, but if both of those two feature, it can just add a little d- different dynamic to the game, strength, mm. pace, uh, a bit more cohesion, and, and sometimes the Bitty Barrow performances are just forgotten in, in the space of a game, and Walsall, there's no better chance to show a reaction than just down the road, really, or up the road to, to Walsall. So um, we'll see what happens with that. I guess, from my perspective, 
the promotion and promotion is never a bad thing or promotion talk or promotion hunt is never a bad thing but it has put on a bit of pressure for everything that's happening at the cobblers at the moment and, and for me I'm not necessarily seeing a promotion side there it's probably not a popular thing to say but if we finish just outside the playoffs for instance I, I wouldn't be massively surprised I wouldn't be upset with it because I think that the, the, the club is ahead of schedule with what it's doing and there are certain positions where I think we're light on so Apere came in a good age he looks he looks decent but up, up top uh, alongside him I'm not sure that there's a gap there there's a gap in the Paul uh, the Lewis position there's just little gaps here and the defence seems fine but I reckon we're probably a year or so away from being a team that will be able to go up to League One and and um, stay there which is obviously what the club are trying to do um, Brendan do you think the promotion thing is having a bit of a you know it's too much pressure or do you reckon just just have to get on with it um, I think what what you said there is really interesting. I was thinking this the other day because obviously we were what second around Christmas. I mean our COVID break, then we've we've drawn and lost a couple of games in a row. Now had hit a bad patch, and we're like uh, playoffs. If if COVID hit now, which is around about the same time, and the season ended, and PP, PPG, we'd go into the playoffs like we did under Cole. And everybody said in the summer that, yeah, I was the, one of the ones that was like, thanks, Carl, for getting us up, but we need to get rid of him for League One. And everyone was like, he's earned his chance. But we were on the way out of the playoffs when COVID hit. And then we saved our two best performances of the entire season for the second leg against Cheltenham and the final um, against Exeter. We haven't played that good all season, you know. And yeah. so I, I fully get what you're saying because we probably weren't a team on form that was going to go up under curl and we, and we saw how that went in league one so you yeah. could say you know we're i don't know i think there was a chance to to build on it and i, I don't want to be one of those people that's turning around and going this whole season's been ruined by a three-week covid break but we haven't fixed ourselves from it we were brilliant going into it breaking a lot of um records and and, and setting a lot of trends and at the top of certain tables or whatever and since we've come back from that I think we've won one game. Certain players have not looked anywhere close to what they were before. Not that they were special, that, that special before. Mm. Um, and we're not doing the same things, uh, uh, to, to Jake's point again, that, you know, certain things that we did well, we outran teams, we did whatever. There are loads of teams that have had to deal with this and will deal with it. So we can't blame it. But I'm just, I, I'm looking at that as like a reason why maybe we haven't kicked on um, and trying mm. to make sense of it. And I don't, I don't want to panic. I'm, I'm like you, like if we make the playoffs or if we don't make the playoffs, yeah. that will be a reflection of where the squad's at. And I think Brady yeah. and Rico and everyone else there is definitely here for the long term. It's, you know, we're not putting all of our eggs in this basket, and if it doesn't happen now, we'll fall away. I, I you know, I believe in this as a long term project, but mm. um, I, I just, I don't think we can throw away the really good start and what we did before this COVID break we had, and just chalk it up to we were ahead of schedule. I think there was definitely enough there to kind of kick on with. Um, and we need to try and get back to what we were doing well before that. Um, I, th I saw this morning we've got the, the third lowest amount of goals from open play. You know, t the two teams in the in relegation spots, the only teams older than us. You can't can't go up with that, and that that's so glaring, glaringly obvious. And we've just gone and signed strikers and wingers to solve that. But I I, I just thought the whole time that the, the issue was midfield. I, you know, it's creating, it's not finishing. We don't create the ch the chances and then miss them. It's we don't even create the chances unless it's they said they're ball. So mm. yeah, I don't know. We we've got that side <clears> of it down. It, it it shouldn't be that hard realistically to I don't know find that last little piece of the jigsaw. And then I think we're definitely a playoff team. 
we, we are at the moment, even after this bad run, uh, run of form. And, and I think one win, the game we have in hand, and we're back into the autos. So it really isn't that doom and gloom. It's just very fine margins. It could come down to the personality picks on Saturday. I, re- I think really do think Lewis needs a break. Um, and, and I'd love to see Labala start if he's fit enough. I'd, I'd be interested to see what you guys think, but I can't I think the last player who had that amount of flair and you knew something was going to happen when they were on the ball that we had permanently was probably Ricky Holmes, maybe like a Hildeberto Pereira or... Mikko Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miller. Miller. Mikko Miller a little bit, or maybe, um, I don't know, Corboa, like maybe like a, a better version of it. But it's like players like that, they just their presence on a pitch. I've said this before about pace on a pitch we, where we don't have an abundance of that at the moment. But players like that, they don't have to nutmeg someone and go past two players to do something. Just their presence will drag people out of position. More, like yeah. Jake said, make, make them think twice. Even if they scuff a shot or someone tries to tackle them or bounces off of them, which happens under the Premier League quite a lot, it's just forcing other teams' hands. It's, it's asking another question rather than a straight ball, a diagonal ball, head it out, and then mm. it becomes a physicality match, which arguably against your Barrows and Scunthorpes and and all these other teams, there are going to be days when you lose those fights, you know, especially when Pinnock's not on the pitch. So it's... Extra yeah. points for extra points for mentioning Hildeberto Pereira, probably. <laughs> I interviewed him. I've seen for about been... two games. I think he got sent off on one. <laughs> We've I... been so devoid of flair, though. Like, that was the... Me, me and my mate Lewis were saying it last night. Like, when was the last time we had someone... I've seen Kanu twice try a load of step-overs and twice he left the ball behind. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, I don't know whether it's because he's not sharp or he's getting his fitness back, but... We've had players that try to be flair, but he's like Labala last night. I was like, oh god, this feels good. Just a flair player when they're on. It's so stereotypical when people say get bums off seats. Brady did say it about Miller. That's a good point, Jake. But yeah. you know, we didn't get to see much of him in the end. Let's, um, let's bring let's bring Martin. And you've seen a lot of relegations, you've seen a lot of promotions, Martin, in your time. Is this Cobblers team giving you the you know that hint of a, of a promotion, or are you a bit more level-headed and just say if it happens, it happens? I'm going to say this smacks of 2014-15. <laughs> it's kind of coming back from things being terrible to being respectable, flirting with the playoffs, although we're a little bit better than that that wilder side that just missed out on the playoffs. But I, I think we're moving, in, we're moving in the right direction. I do think it's um, we're weak in, in the middle of midfield. It'll probably cost us. We won't end up where we probably could do if we'd have made better choices and got someone else in there. But I think after, you know, a a terrible year last year, there's a bit of optimism. There's some good players in there. There's good players under contract for a couple of years. Um, I I think, yeah, we'll maybe, we'll flirt, you know, we'll probably play. If if we go up automatically, it'd be brilliant. And, And we've shown in flashes we can do it but i mean brendan absolutely um being in no one no because i don't want to be all doom and gloom and sound more <laughs> pessimistic than the person who's normally <laughs> most optimistic amongst all of us but um I, I think he's pointing in the right direction and maybe you know maybe with that weakness in midfield we maybe need to think about a tactical change and mm. you know we, with the likes of um labala it's or maybe you know maybe we we toy with four four two, um, you know go with two two wingers two mid two midfielders and two guys to try and get it on on the head of I, I don't know I'm not I'm no tactical expert but mm. I, I I think we're 
we're maybe not where we will be under under Brady. I think I think Brady has got a great football brain in him. He's learned on the job. You know, he's he's made some mistakes. I think Tuesday night, but I think he's in it for the long haul here. Um, I think the board have backed him. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, I'm not saying it's the season before 2015-16, but it's the season before a really, really good season if we don't go up this year. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Um, and, and in Brady's defence, not that anyone's really having a go at him, that this is the exact sort of game that you forgive him for being essentially a rookie manager in the EFL, learning his way. So sort of one where you go, look, we'll, we'll just put it down to experience and um, go again on Saturday. Um, Jake, got a couple of points for you regarding the striking situation so obviously the the stats aren't great with goals for open play very good completely contrastingly good on um set pieces so you know what how do you solve that i know that's a big question and secondly with um this new guy aperol spritz coming in can when he <laughs> scores can you can you make sure that you say when he scores that that was a fizzer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think yeah tim's gonna say fizzer he's gonna say it, isn't he there's nothing wrong yeah. with that <laughs> um, he's probably it's the wrong orange drink though. He's got yeah. the Mayan brew, and everyone's calling it Aperol Spritz. But yeah, I, I, I take your point on, on lack of goals because I, I th- Martin mentioned it there in terms of the kind of the system change, uh, and I think I think they're going to have to think about that moving forward, the Cobblers, because we've been talking about creativity, and we saw it last night. If once you face a low block as a Cobblers side, and Barrow sat behind the ball, if Mitch Pinnock's having an off night you're screwed basically aren't you because there's no one else who's going to unlock the door there's no one else who's going to find the pass and he to the other two creative players in my mind i don't know if you agree with this but after pinnock i look at koikin i look at mcgowan it's probably the two with the, the best quality of getting balls in the box creating chances so i i just wonder i look at their squad now and I look at the options they have and i wonder if they can switch to a back three uh, and i've talked about this a, a few times you've got yeah. the pace of mcglaw who and this isn't kind of sensationalised it. Stats-wise, he's one of the quickest players in world football, which is completely baffling that he's, been, he's playing at six fields. There must be serious deficiencies in other areas of his game, but he looked pretty good when he came in the other day. <laughs> and they, Now, you imagine this, though. If they play with a back three, you have McGlaw there, you can push really, really hard, because anything that goes over the top, he's going to get it. He's going to sweep it up. That frees up Koike and McGowan to get higher at the pitch to become more attacking threats. You have your two solid players in midfield. You've got probably Salvi and McWilliams and then you've got you can have a fluid three of of a Pinnock of Labala of of Apare. it gets them high at the pitch it creates more problems and I think they've got those options moving forward and in terms of Apare, I think again we'll, we'll probably talk about this in a bit more detail about the kind of the profile of players that the Cobblers are bringing in especially at the top mm-hmm. end of the pitch you could mm-hmm. listen to every interview that I did with all the strikers that have come in over the last couple of weeks and they all say the same things to the question what, what are your strengths? It's running, hard work, pace, strength, etc. So it's, but not, none of them say, and it's interesting now when you interview a League Two goal scorer, when you say, what are you going to bring to the team? Very rarely do you get the answer, goals. It's, uh, it's other aspects of the game. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't think any of them are going to be prolific. It, it, they've, got to, they've got to just create more. They've got to create more and they've got to be persistent with it. And you've got to hope Apare is is the player with the potential that, that John Brady sees. Yeah, and I quite like the look of Epi. I know that he just has struck himself as a bit of maybe slightly lightweight. Um, I know, not huge lightweight, but just a little bit. Yeah, um, but it just, it, it feels to me that 
when a goal goes in for someone like him, maybe hopefully Apare, you know, two or three, a little run will will happen. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not massively worried about the goal scoring situation. Obviously, the stats are not great, but I do hope that I'm sort of positive with it that the goals will start to flow because I'd, I'd really like the what they're doing behind the scenes and I, I really buy into it the, the fact that they're looking at people like Apare as a you know a good age and the good profile probably someone that you can progress a little bit maybe hopefully sell on for a little bit of money I'm buying into that so hopefully we just have to sort of keep the faith with it and and see what happens but let's wrap up now we've been talking for, for, talking for a little bit let's um just before we finish there's been a few signings uh this month I'll just quickly go through them courtesy of uh brendan's list he put on twitter uh so maglor how do you pronounce that martin you've got a great pronunciation of that i'm, I'm thinking it's french i'm thinking malwar malwar brilliant but then i'm really struggling with the scottish guy because that's just not like french i've ever seen <laughs> malwar malwar that's sounds what... like a, a french version of like an antivirus uh software uh zimba uh, obviously, uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. Canu, it's a great name. Let's put it on Twitter. The best names you ever had: Lubala, Epia, and Aperol Spritz. Want to Aperol Spritz? Um, just quickly, each each one of us will go through and just say maybe the one we think is you know our, our favourite signing out of the lot. What about you, Brendan? Which one strikes you as the best signing there? I think Lubala. Yeah, I I think he was. Um... He was pinned as a, as a potential signing by a lot of people when we went up to League One, and I, I remember him against us, uh, Crawley away a couple of years ago. He's, um, you know, I, I think we're, we, he's only at Sixfields because he's had some off the field issues um, recently and, and needs to get back to his football. I think we've got a real still there, and if the kind of football we're playing at the moment, when sometimes it's just going to take moments of individual brilliance, yeah. he's probably the one I think who's got the most at the moment. Um, yeah, not just. I think we had a relatively good window, but he's he's the pick of the bunch for me. Sure, a bit of high level technique on him. I think mm. I'm going to go with Apare. I just I've read some good things about him. He's got a good frame on him. Scored some good goals. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he's the one to maybe we can make a little bit more in the future. And also, I'm still rooting for Epia because I still think there's something in there, but it just needs to be unlocked a little bit. Um, Brent, uh, no, Martin, what about you? Um. I think I'd be saying I am optimistic about Apparay, but I'm you know Labala I, I I totally buy into, but purely going on what Jake suggested about a change in shape, could Malwar be the game changer? Wow! And I'm like I'm I'm loving that idea. Ever since you mentioned that, I've just got it in my head now. That's you know you add that bloke with all that pace to the back three or just sat a little bit in front of them. And the rest of the team makes sense. What was interesting at at Salford when neither team could get control of the game, Brady then, I thought that was brilliant managerial um, change. And Mm. he went three at the back, brought, see the stadium announcer called him McGlaw. So I'm going with McGlaw, but feel free to go with what you want. But brought (laughs) McGlaw on and that allowed us to get on the front foot, um, win second balls more because we could pack out whichever part of the pitch we needed to. That's what you can do with three at the back. And I was surprised last night when they went one down in what would have been better to sustain pressure in the final third rather than them having constantly having to go back to then come forward would have been three at the back and, and McGlure on. So I, I, that's a really good point, Martin. Maybe, maybe we see that change mm. more 
And uh, but then you know you don't want to get reliant on that when our only other centre back outside of that is is Dyche because yeah Dyche and Dyche and McGlure are very different players, <laughs> very different yeah. players. So. Yeah, I don't want to return either to Curl Ball. I don't want to like yeah. <laughs> uh, three five two scarred too many fans, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the problem. It's very tempting, isn't it? So it's either quick draw McGlure or Malwar. We'll work it out during the season what it actually is. You'll have to ask him, um, Jake. Um, Jake, what's your you know the most standout signing this transfer window? Um, kind of to, to split it up business wise, it's Apare. I like the idea of they've gone out and paid a fee. For a young striker who was chased by higher clubs, they've signed him on a two and a half year deal as well. None of yes. this go and pay a fee for a player who who's got a year deal and they end up they're gone after after a season. Two and a half years, plenty of time for progression. So from a business perspective, and kind of that's a really good one. I'm happy about that. But I, I agree with Labala. I think I think for for the here and now, for the immediate signing, I think he's 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 kind of your X factor, isn't he? He's really exciting. If he can stay fit, he looks he already looks sharp. I think he gives Cobblers a, a, a real different dimension. So, yeah, I'm l- looking forward to seeing him play a bit more. But again, going back to the Maglor, I think it's, I think it could, if they switch to a three, his pace as a kind of sweeper it could make a massive difference to how the Cobblers play. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, unlocking the fullbacks, getting, giving that freedom to Koik and, and McGowan to go, three at the back gives them a platform to play as well. Um, so I think those three I'm keeping a keen eye but for the here and now I think it's Labala for me um, he looked really good do you reckon they could just put Labala up front <laughs> just be done yeah. with it. he's so yeah. good like why not I tell him to go and play where he wants to and yeah. he, he yeah. kind of did that last night didn't he popped up yeah. on the left popped he, up he was all over I think he'll get that freedom I think we, we've seen Pinnock try the 10 in the middle I prefer him on the left yeah, and it, a lot of the time he plays on the right, but I prefer him on the left. That's where he does most damage for me. But uh, I think Pinnock needs to go out to the left, not central. We've tried that now the last couple of games. Not good enough. Put Labala in there, let him roam a little bit. But one thing I'd also love to see, now Mills is obviously coming back and he's a captain. Like you said it there, Jake, Koike is, for me, other than now Labala, but he's the best dribbler in the club. He's quality going forward and he really drives. He, again, he asked a different question and he was trying to do that last night. Mm. If if Mills comes in at left back or left wing back or whatever we're doing at the back, does that then free Koike to challenge one of the winger spots further forward and yeah. get him in, in and around there? Mm. Because he's he's as quick as anything else we've got, Palmer McGlure, um, <laughs> and he's quality on the ball. He, he even asked a couple of questions last night from a from a deeper position. So I, there's, that's the only reason I'm not, you know, after last night I wasn't like uh, some fans are like, well. We won't get relegated, but that's that's you know promotion done with. I'm like, no, there's there's options there. We have mm-hmm. we have uh, choices. It's just about Brady making the right ones now. Yeah, let's let's wrap up on a positive note. I take I'm, it. I'm just thinking on our, on our list of names there. Watch Effie bang twelve in between now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we win it. It'll be Carnu. It'll be the Peterborough boy. Won't it? The only thing we didn't mention. After I said that he fell over his stepovers, then he'll bag a hat trick on Saturday. I don't care wherever it comes from. As soon as I realised uh, his dad wasn't the wank cry, whatever he's called from Arsenal back in the day, <laughs> and I was disappointed. I thought, man, just get your dad in. He'll still do a job yeah, yeah. or something. But um, I take it you're going on Saturday. Obviously, Jake is. Um, you go in, Brendan and Martin? I've not uh, got yep, very good memories yep. of, of Walsall. I'm, for for, for uh, once, I'm actually not going. I'm going to Hendon, so I apologise. Oh. But uh, I'll be good to my phone. In the shop, yeah? Uh, yeah, go see Sue in, in, in the merch shop. I went, I travelled from the Isle of Wight where I was for a gig 
all the way up to Walsall when we effectively got relegated under uh, Dean Austin, yeah. I think it was a couple of, it might have even been Jimmy, I can't remember, a couple of years back. And I, I vowed I'd never go back. That was a long, long journey for, for what happened that day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm skipping it. Fair enough. Um, Jake, do you reckon it's sort of game which cobblers potentially could turn things around? Walsall aren't great, are they? Um, yeah, I think there's a, good, uh, there's a good chance. I think the cobblers have been, been really good at when they've had a rubbish performance of, of bouncing back with a good one. And like Brendan said a moment ago, the difference between now and maybe October is that when we were all naming the cobblers starting 11 and saying who else can come in, pretty much the, the rest of the squad aren't up to it. John Brady were looking down at his, his list of players now ahead of Saturday and going, I could make four or five changes here, easy. Yeah. Play a different system, different personnel. So I think there's a lot more optimism based on that. I, I think we'll, we'll see a reaction. I, I'm almost as intrigued for the kind of how the game will go for, for two o'clock, for the, that team move, mm. to see how he, how he shapes up. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of potential changes there and personally can bring in hopefully Apare is makes an appearance but um thanks for talking guys we, we'll shoot off now but um we'll talk again soon and hopefully be on the back of a win thanks a lot amazing cheers thanks cheers guys cheers all see you later ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.